Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Welcome to church, everybody. You can be seated. We're going to do something a little bit different this morning. Hey, everybody. Good to see you all, especially the fathers. Have a seat. Yeah. This is my son-in-law. Happy Father's Day to everyone in the house. We're going to have some fun. Who liked that hot wings dad joke challenge? That was pretty, pretty awesome. We're so um, you can get the extended edition of that on YouTube, by the way, after the service. Right. So yeah, I, he was. So uh, you should check that out. There's I'm some, not sure about that. Harley if you didn't joke, get enough dad jokes, you should just check that out. Maybe. <laughs> All right. So um, we want to welcome everybody online, don't we, Steve? Always. Always Look into the camera to and say online that. Online people, wherever you may be tuning in from today, that's good. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. So we're going to uh, have a little conversation about uh, fathers today. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. And um, I think that's, you know, um, you got to remember we're speaking to different people groups, right, especially online. When I'm around Spanish people, I word, use the word mucho a lot. Sure. Yeah, well, it means a lot to the Spanish people. There we go. You're jealous you weren't in the challenge, I think, the dad joke challenge. That's what's happened. But yeah, it's true, like even here today in this place, there's um, fathers, there's daughters, there's yep. sons, there's yep. grandfathers, yep. maybe some great-grandfathers out there. Uh, there's also people who have great relationships with their fathers, and yes. some who maybe on this day, it's, it's not a great moment. And we want to, we believe, and we want to speak to all those people today, we believe God has a word. And uh, I just so love that um, God is the father. Yes. And we're going to talk a little bit today about that, about generational blessing, about, um, you know, our own fathers and our own experience. Right, yeah. And, and how to redeem uh, generational blessing. We want to talk about that. Yeah. Kind of an interesting um, a topic for us today because we want to address both biological fathers and spiritual fathers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's super important. The Bible, it says in Psalm 102 that these things are written for the generations. Mm-hmm. The Bible is a generational book. Yeah. These, let this be recorded for future generations. And there's a role that we play as uh, fathers, as families, is to transfer generationally the things that we have learned. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that, biological fathers and spiritual fathers. And for many, they don't, their, their uh, biological fathers may not be around. They may be distant. They may have passed away. My, my father passed away 15 years ago in August 2006. And, but it doesn't mean I can't continue to be fathered, yep. as, right, functionally. And so um, we want to talk about fathers. What was it like in um, Tasmania? Stephen's from Tasmania, yeah, a little island south of a big island called Australia. It's a little, it's far away, and so, I mean, even to that point, like, uh, my dad, and I'm going to share a little bit about my father and growing up, but, you know, I yeah. haven't been able to see him now for uh, a couple of years, 
Right. Good, good thing we have FaceTime and things like that. Right. But I don't have a father present. Um, but as my father-in-law, we, you kind of wear a few hats for me as my father-in-law, <laughs> spiritual father, pastor of the church, father of the house, different hats there. But also having men in my life that, um, that are kind of a father figure as well. Right. So growing up, I, I didn't grow up in a family that um, necessarily had an active faith. Um, we would say we're a Christian family, but we never went to church, never opened the word, anything like that. But my, I had a great dad. I have a great dad. Yes. You've met my dad. He's and awesome. He's Peter. a legend, as we'd great say guy. in Australia. Um, and so I love my dad. And so two traits that I kind of learned from him growing up, particular that I want to carry on generationally through my, through my father, from my father that he modeled to me, was um, my dad is an ex- was always a great provider for our family. Right. An exceptional hard worker, um, very successful in his career, but he was actually teamed that with never being absent for his kids. Mm-hmm. And so that's doable. I think sometimes we think there's the workaholic or there's the dad who's always with his kids but not providing for his family. My dad was exceptionally well at providing and working hard as well as being at my sports games, taking me fishing, these kind of things. Right. So that's one area I really appreciate from my dad that I want to be able to pass on. And the second kind of one is that um, he never thought and never acted like he was better than other people. He's very yeah. hospitable, yes. very welcoming. It didn't matter if you were a king or a queen or, or someone of, um, you know, it didn't matter on your socioeconomic economic status, anything like that. If you needed help, my dad is there for you. Uh, if anybody here, by the way, if you guys go to Tasmania and you're don't wel- go and visit my parents, he'll be offended that you didn't go and <laughs> stay and you didn't let him hi. cook you food. No. He's just that kind of guy. So I really yeah, appreciate yeah, those things. I want to be that. I want to be open to anybody regardless of, uh, where they're from, who they are, uh, their background. And you uh, are, Stephen. You are like that. Well, thank you. I, That's I'm part trying. of... Yeah, well, you, well it's true. <laughs> it was modeled to me through my dad. But one area that, um, that dad didn't necessarily model to me was the area of my Christian faith. Um, and I never, like I said, my, my dad was never in the Word. And so I, be, I kind of became a Christian by getting invited to a youth group, actually. Big shout out to our youth group and our youth pastor, Sarana. As well, we have an amazing youth ministry here. It's great to have um, different people helping out the youth as well on camera today there. For you guys that behind the camera online is one of our awesome youth members helping out. Um, so I sort of, uh, this area of my life come on fire when I met Jesus. And, uh, and, you know, not through any fault of his own necessarily, but dad was in a different season and wasn't able to provide that kind of support that I needed. But the awesome thing about the church community is that I was able to find and seek out men who were able to do that for me. I didn't know what it was to pray before a meal, um, get into the Word, uh, mm-hmm. pray at all. Um, and there's significant figures in my life and through my church community and that continue to be around this church community and in you that I'm able to go to for those kind of areas in my life. Um, I think it's important that we realize that our fathers can't be everything perfect for us. And many right. of us have had things that, it would be easy for us to say, well, well, Dad didn't give me that. We, we missed out on that. But the reality is there's probably great men around you that you can seek out and sort out and find those things. Stop looking to that one man to do that, appreciate what he brought, but actually find and pray and ask other men to play that figure in your life as well. So that's kind of an area I missed out on. And, um, but I'm very appreciative of my, my father. He's a great man, and he modeled many good things. How about for you growing up? 
as a son there. Yeah, well, my dad was um, very present, and I think uh, one of the things that fathers are meant to do more than um, uh, other things is they're meant to provide a safe and secure environment for their home, and st a stable environment. Uh, when when the when that is violated, there's probably uh, one of the mo the deepest violations that take place. Uh, within the heart of a child when the father's meant to protect, but instead he abuses that, that right. And so um, I, I had a very present father. My, we, um, we, on the farm, there was always lots of work to do, so while he didn't involve me a lot uh, in any of the church life, my mom sure did. It said, you know, it says of Timothy that he said, um, Paul said, I can see... The faith that lives in you once lived in your grandmother and your mother. Uh, somehow the transferring of our faith generationally is a profound principle that I think sometimes we miss. And even if our fathers didn't provide that, my father provided um, a loving environment. I always felt like, um, you know, on the farm we had lots of space. I felt pretty free. And uh, there was always work to do together. And so mostly for me, the way Dad communicated um, his love for me was by working together. And um, I recall so many times when we would be in close proximity, there was, there was, uh, we w it felt like for me we worked more in the summertime together and there was like a, there was a scent of, of a male scent. Sounds a bit weird, but, but, but you know, when, when he would sweat and when we would work together, that somehow carried the essence of masculinity for me that I knew somehow that I wanted to be like my dad. I wanted to be a hard worker and I wanted to uh, provide for my family. And some of those things, while they maybe weren't essentially Christian faith principles, they were still values that he carried yeah. and, were and they were actually uh, passed along to me. So I'm really grateful for that. And, um, and I think it's easy uh, if we're not careful to uh, grumble about what we didn't get from our fathers mm -hmm. um, rather than be thankful for what we got yeah. because what we're thankful for begins to move towards us. Um, what you complain, uh, like that never uh, actually um, produces any, any kind of transference. Um, and so when I became thankful for what my father provided, yeah. I realized that something changed in my heart towards him. And this is, this is a verse I, I do need to share this morning, uh, maybe just in the next part, but, but right at the end of an era, the era of, of prophets and kings, in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 4, um, the, the, the prophet said that there would be something would take place. There was a promise, um, there was a prophecy, and there was a threat. And he said, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. This is an end times prophecy. And in this, so just think of, think of this as a significant uh, hidden um, a nugget about the end times. That, that he said, so it didn't say, he said, I am sending you. This was a promise. And he said, the result of that would be the turning of hearts of fathers and sons. I, feel, I think that fathers should go first. Um, his preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to the fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. Well, the cur one of the curses on the land is fatherlessness. <laughs> <laughs> 
But anyway, I just wanted to add to that. We'll share a little bit more in a second because we want yeah. to, uh, we have another uh, father in the house yeah. who's actually his family was the, one of the founding fathers of our city. And so uh, we want to introduce to you this morning, Alexander Morrison. He's going to share some things on the screen and then we'll get back to chatting, you and I. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Good morning, C3 Church. I'm Alexander Morrison, and I'm thankful to be able to be here and to speak to you a little bit on Father's Day about fathers, being a father, and fathering. And, uh, and so I'm thankful to be part of this house under Pastor Lauren as my spiritual father, and he's really a father to all of us. And so in that, I'm thankful for what he brings and what, how he encourages us to walk as sons in the house. Um, one of the great things that brought me into this process is recognizing that I needed to be a father, have a father in my life and, and needed to move from that place of just being a person independent in this and recognizing that I am um, not alone in this process. And so that's what the community of C3 brings to us. Uh, I wouldn't have come to the church, I wouldn't have come to God if it hadn't been for the trials in my life and the, and the tribulations, including a broken marriage and, and, and career and so forth. And it was all of that, that that really brought me to Jesus, recognizing that I couldn't do this life all by myself. And so as I, as I um, recognized that I needed to recognize some of my legacy, and before all this I started walking through who am I and what is my history? And so as I started looking back in my past, I recognized that all of us have legacies and history and pasts. Not all of them are ones to be proud of, but in this case, I, had a, I have, as I look back, I had a great-great-grandfather who was Colonel James McLeod. And you would have known him as uh, part of the Northwest Mounted Police who came to Calgary and founded this city. And he has, his daughter married, uh, or was... Uh, the wife of A.E. Cross, and A.E. Cross is one of the big four who founded the Calgary Stampede. And his, he had four children, of one of which was J.B. Cross, and J.B. Cross is my grandfather, and he's the one who uh, we would meet together as family uh, and be, go to church on Christmas Eve, and we would go and sing Christmas carols, and, but it was Christmas Christians was my only reference to understanding what it meant to be a part of that. But I, I love that family legacy. I love that reference to what it meant to have this maturity, this leading. And so I started as a son in that place to understand what it meant to be a son. But in that, I still struggled with what it meant to be uh, a son in this house. So as I walk through this process of, of uh, recognizing that my father really couldn't give me the things that I needed... And as, even as I tried to do as he was doing as a father, he released me to be a son in, the, in, in my world and try and earn my way. And, and I, at that time, a Nike commercial was the thing that really inspired me. Just do it is what the phrase would be, and so go out and do it. There was no limitations in my world, it seemed. So as I moved forward in that, and I did those things, I was thankful for the opportunity that presented, and I did it out of my narrow perspective, my woundedness, and... Uh, I made choices that weren't healthy, and I made choices that weren't the best. And so I end up not knowing how I got into this place where my marriage collapsed, and I had three wonderful daughters that I didn't know how to be a father to. I was so kind of focused on trying to provide and work my way into providing and not understanding how that took place. And so, Father, I, I was in that place as a father that I didn't know how to be a father. And it wasn't until I'd gone through a process with 
that wounding and recognizing that I needed to bring some balance back into my life, that it wasn't all about the work and the providing, that I needed to bring some spiritual reference into it, and I came back to a relationship with Jesus. And it, it is through that that I recognized that I was now, uh, that there was more to life. And so as, I, as Jesus was teaching me and healing me and bringing me through that process, and it was through LL Ministries, interestingly enough, and, uh, and that healing that took place was without judgment because that's his nature. And his heart is to bring healing into each of us. And so as I recognized that my heart needed healing because it, it only had some of the things I needed, I needed more in my life to, to be the person that he designed me to be. And I, as I got closer to Jesus, I realized that he actually says that when I see him, he's showing me the Father. And the Father is the one who made us for relationship with him. And I realized that I had never known in that Father, that I always had the fathers of this world. And, and there's an honor. I honor that legacy and the honor of the fathers that are in my life. But the ones that, that make a difference are the ones that come in community, that come around us. And so I, that is what makes this community, this church, C3, uh, so special to me is it brings a community and, and their fathers, including from the father of the house, right on through. There are many fathers in this house. And I have recognized that in that place, as I walk through this, my, there's a healing in my heart through that community, through the prayer, through the, just walking through those, those occasions, and, and recognizing that we do not need to do it alone. And so as I recognized this, as I walked through these steps, I became a much better father to my own daughters, that they actually could receive from me in a different way than they ever had before. That it was not me just providing for them, but I actually could love them in a way that I never could before and I didn't know how to do before. But it was because of the healing that Jesus brings in my heart that changed that and allows me to connect with him in a fresher, deeper way. And, I, and I'm, as I walk this, I recognize that I've actually been getting the promptings of Holy Spirit. He's been saying, Father, is Spirit to be my comfort and guide? And I go, Oh, I'm not, I'm not alone in this. And so I have, as, as I walk down this path, I recognize that I've often operated out of this place of I had to do it. I'm all alone in this. But really, that was very much an orphan perspective. But when I accepted what Jesus did and show, accepting the Father showing me that I'm actually a son in the family, that I'm no longer an orphan, and I recognize that it is step by step we're walking towards him. But in that place, I actually moved from being in the world to being in the kingdom of God and in the family of God. And so in this, I'm, I'm thankful for what that brought to me because it changed my heart and gave me the opportunity to recognize there's more to life, more to this purpose. And there's a greater purpose that's beyond me that is in speaking life into others. I'm now uh, an opportunity to be a better father to my daughters, but also a better son in this house, this house of C3, in the house of, and the family of God. And so I'm thankful for the, being a son because in that I recognize that I, I actually, I learn more as a son. I become teachable as a son and I become, uh, I become encouraging to the legacy of those above me who are fathers, to those around me, and I become encouraging to, uh, to those God brings around me to my own family, my own spouse, my lovely wife, Marion, and, and, and our now extended family. And so it is in that place that I recognize that there is more to who I am and what I do because of that. So I, I want to pray for you right now. 
And so, Father, I thank you for the opportunity for me to move from a place of, of this world and woundedness and recognize that you are drawing me and calling me and ever drawing me to a place of recognizing that I'm a son and as a son, I can move into the, your family and as a, in your family that there is more to our purposes and legacy. I thank you for the opportunity that comes when I am a son in your family. Father, you bring, your, by your very presence, you expose those areas of weakness that say, uh, we need healing there. We need to release those things. We need to surrender them to you so that you may move more fully, more completely into our hearts, into my heart. And so, Father, thank you for your healing touch, your healing grace. I thank you that as we look to you, we can recognize that you say to us, you are, you are loved right now. We are each loved by that Father right now, right where we are. Do you know that? Can you receive that? Father loves you right now where you are. And so, Father, thank you for the love that you present to us, that healing nature, that transforming nature, that renewing nature of you. And so in your holy name, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray these things. Amen. Amen. That's great. So good. That was Alexander Morrison, Alex, everybody. Wave at us. There he is back there. Great father in the house. We, we love you guys. Love LL Ministries. Many of us have benefited from that. A highlight of mine actually was in the launching of our C3 East Village location right. on the grounds of Fort Calgary. Right. Um, before the, any public services had begun, we got to Alexander and Marion came down and we prayed together there on the grounds before we launched that location. That was really special. So thank you, Alexander, for that. And what did you kind of take away from that video? So, so much good stuff in there, but how do you see that faith transferring and right. being a son? What are your thoughts yeah, well, there? I'll tell you, it, it's, uh, Steve, this is a very uh, big, um, maybe it's a little bit uh, mystical and unseen often, but um, it's part of the refathering process that Jesus does in our life that takes place for all of us. And once you see it in Scripture, it's like you can't unsee it, and it shows up everywhere. And the way that the Lord transfers things generationally is through relationship being in right relationship. It's our spiritual inheritance that takes place. Uh, we're even told um, in, uh, in the second chapter of Acts, it says your sons and your daughter, daughters prophesy. People in, that are, the, the, the spiritual children that are in right relationship will receive a spiritual inheritance. And how critical that is. It says of Esau, you know, which is a picture. He could never, Christ could never be birthed in his line because he despised his birthright. He disregarded his heritage. And today, I believe that the Lord is actually turning hearts in sons and daughters. Um, and he's reversing a curse in the land. And I personally believe that's taking place this morning right here. Yeah. The, the fact that hearts can turn that, that a heart can turn. Um, it's a bit mysterious to me, but, it, but biblically, a heart can turn. A heart can turn for a father towards his children, and the result of that will be the hearts of children will turn their hearts towards their fathers. And this, this is, it's a miracle. Mm -hmm. Frankly, it's a miracle. And um, I began to see this a number of years ago, but um, I want to share this a, a little bit more um, because I've just recently looked at the at the life of Elijah. Some of you are reading through the Bible in a year would have read through the story of Elijah. And um, 
It's a remarkable thing. His heart, here's, this is what happens in the heart of a spiritual father. Every one of you men here can be spiritual fathers. Sorry, you are spiritual fathers. If you'll take, the, if you'll take that mantle up, uh, every man carries the potential, if his heart will turn, to be a spiritual parent. And um, it, it, Elijah's, the training of a spiritual father for Elijah, it happened in the home of a fatherless widow. <clears throat> if you read that story in about, about First Kings, uh, about s- chapter 17, um, his heart began to move. So here, so of course, in those days, if you were fatherless, you were powerless. And his heart began to move to this widow at Zarephath. And it wasn't that he didn't have miracles in his life because he did have miracles, but he still wasn't a spiritual father. And so what took place was for her, he actually did a miracle in the house. But when you read the chapter through, you'll see that it wasn't until he birthed a spiritual son, brought the son back to life, that she said, oh, now I see you're a man of God. This is lost in a culture of fatherlessness where we've not seen honor generationally taking place. And so you you see Elijah, then he goes out and he has this this contest with the prophets Baal. Again, miraculous. But at the end of that, he falls into a depression that's really stimulated by self-pity. He's a victim. In order to be a a spiritual father that doesn't pass along self-pity and victimness, victimization, he needed to be delivered from that. And so it says when he ended, he was the first caveman. He ends up in a cave. And uh, just humor me a little bit. Dad, dad joke right there. Sort of that was, snuck in there. That's a good one. <clears throat> but he's a caveman. And, um, and he says this. He says, I'm no better than my fathers. It's interesting. Hey, when we lack the approval of our parents, we think we need to add up to them. God never asked him to be his father. God just asked him to be obedient. But what was he doing in that moment? So his heart had been turned towards the father, towards a widow, and towards an orphan. Most of you know in John chapter 14, it says, I will not leave you as orphans. Those of you who feel that you're without parents or fathers, or the Lord actually wants to refather you today. Uh, if you'll deal with some of the arrogance in your heart as a, 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 a prideful prodigal, because, because there's two prodigals in John chapter 15, or Luke 15, one that left the house and one that stayed in the house. They're both prodigals. You can be in the house and not have the father's heart. So, he, so what Elijah does then is he's in the cave, and God comes in a place of uh, loneliness and in a place of solitude and a place of isolation because spiritual fathers are not birthed in seminaries. They're birthed in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah that's great. Places of aloneness where you face the pain of your own barren soul and had to hear the whisper of the Lord. And you come out of that cave with a conviction that you're not alone, like Alex said. What happened after that for Elijah, uh, you'll remember he had that, um, uh, this, it seemed like a depression. It was really self-pity and being a victim. And he realized, he, because what was birthed in him there was a functional spiritual father. And what he did after that, the Lord instructed him in the whisper to go lay hands on some people. Quit thinking about yourself and start ministering to the next generation. He laid hands on two kings, Jehu, Hazael, 
and then he put his hands, went to find Elisha. So we, we get out of our selfishness uh, and into uh, ministering to the next generation. And the heart of a spiritual father is for the generations. And that the result of that says of Elijah, of Elijah, he said he didn't, he didn't even, he actually didn't even say anything to him. He just threw his mantle on him and asked him, what have I done? <laughs> right? So he's trying to give him a bit of a revelation, trying to help him. What's he doing? He's just, he's just mantled a spiritual son. That's what he did. And it says the son, um, you know, he, at, at that point he realized he needed to deal with his earthly parents and that he was now going to become a spiritual son. And what, he said he went to be the assistant or carry the bags of, of Elijah. That's what he said he'd do. At the, at the end of that time, here's what's interesting about that, if you can receive this. At the, at the end of Elijah's time with Elisha, because it's, it's a New Testament pattern. Paul said of Timothy, you're my true son. He, 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 he said this. Um, he, said, he said, what do I... What do you want from me? Which is an interesting question to ask. Um, Elijah says to Elijah, he said, I want a double portion of your spirit. <clears throat> Here's what's interesting. Nowhere else in scripture do you find the transfer of a double portion. What we want to see is we want to see signs and wonders happen in the church, but we're not willing to follow a biblical model of a father and a son. If your hearts don't turn, there's barrenness, fathers. If you, <clears throat> each one of you is able to minister to young Elishas, every one of you. Yeah. And the world is full of them, looking for somebody, wondering. And, we'll, and, and this is why it says that Jesus, one of his qualities would be the father of the fatherless, which means if they don't have a father, well, they all, honestly, they do have a, a If you're fatherless... It doesn't mean you don't have a biological father. <laughs> You're here because you've got a biological father. We all have that in common. The question is, do you have a spiritual father? Yeah. And, and it requires, and it takes more than one spiritual father, more than one biological father even to raise um, a family. So it says there of Elijah, it's just so fascinating to me. Um, if you see me go, if you, have, if you carry my vision, um, it says of Elijah, if you read... Um, his life. He had 14 miracles. Elisha had 28, exactly double. And so we're told that now, next chapter, he's dealing with Jezebel, and Jezebel always comes to steal the fruit in your vineyard, fathers. And, um, and what, what, what Jezebel got, this, this is in the time of Ahab, time of Ahab, and it says of Naboth, um, because Ahab wanted his vineyard. The, the fruit of his life. And he says, you can't buy it. It's not for sale because it's my father's, uh, it's my, my, my heritage. She says, you can't have this. It's not for sale. Says of Esau, right? Esau I hated because he despises heritage. Uh, the, the, the picture, he says, you can't have it. It ended up killing him. Jezebel killed him, took the vineyard, and um, it says of Ahab's line, that what he did to him happened in his line. There was, no, son, there was no, trans, no generational blessing in Ahab's line. One of the most wicked men that ever lived. Why is that important? It's important because we're living in a time when if fathers' hearts don't turn, children's hearts don't turn. The land gets cursed, not just with fatherlessness, biological, spiritual 
barrenness in the land. I'm asking today for Father's hearts to turn. Be, are you willing to let your heart turn towards a spiritual son or daughter? They'll come. People ask me, how do I get a spiritual father? I said, well, you need to act like a spiritual son or daughter. Your heart has to turn. And we can tell. So it says, it says here's what happened. Um, I'll read the scripture. You probably got it on the overhead there from Luke chapter 1. Um, it says of um, in Luke, cha Luke chapter 1. This is, a, this is a profound thing to see this. Um, it says that uh, Zechariah, he says that um, this one that's going to be born, you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice um, because he's just, they're, they're going to be pregnant. And he says um, he's not going to touch wine or hard liquor. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. And he will persuade many Israelites to turn to the Lord, their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah, the prophet of old. John the Baptist carried the spirit of Elijah. This is interesting. Listen, just listen to the word of the Lord. He will precede the coming of the Lord, the preparation of the people for his arrival, and he will turn. What's the anointing on, on the spirit of Elijah? To turn. <clears throat> I'm going to send the spirit of Elijah to turn. He says he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will change disobedient minds to accept the wisdom, uh, godly wisdom. Elijah, this is such a profound scripture because it deals with end times. He, of, of Elijah, he says, he says, I'm no better than my father. Take my life. What happened to Elijah? He never died. It, Elijah came twice and never died once. What a picture. Yeah. Wow. Taken up in a fiery chariot, which, of course, you know, we understand to be an alien abduction. A UFO right there. I wanted to speak on aliens on Independence Day. They wouldn't let me. I'm going to do that in... It is coming, though, later in the month. Well, later in August. Okay, Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to close with this. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 11. I assure you of all who ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. We think, wow, that's a, what does that even mean? I've often been puzzled by that. Of, of a man that all, all men that lived, there is none greater than John the Baptist. What was John the Baptist's role to prepare the way of the Lord? What are you and I doing today? With, if, we, if we would be willing to carry the spirit of Elijah, all, millions of Jews every year at Passover, they leave a spot at the table for Elijah. They're waiting for Elijah to come. Question is, is the church waiting for the spirit of Elijah to come? I'm not stalking heresy today. I'm talking about the turning of hearts yeah. that we'd be willing to allow our hearts to be open to young men and young women that's not even maybe age, but just people who would walk with one another in relationship so the land wouldn't be cursed. John said, here's my mission, that I would decrease and he would increase. The role of a spiritual father is not to outdo their sons, but to be a floor their sons can grow from. John says, none is greater. John never performed a miracle, but he, but he prepared the way for the miracle worker to come. Yeah, amazing. The ego of men today that want to keep up with other young men rather than bless them and enlarge them and open up doors for them and walk with them and give themselves to them so that they can be better than they ever could be, that's the role and the spirit 
uh, when the spirit of Elijah is released into a church, is released into a region, is released into a city, the hearts of fathers will turn relationally to those who are yet to know and learn and walk with the Lord, and then their hearts will turn back to the fathers, and the land will no longer be cursed. Yeah, come on. It's a, Very good. a, a re- rolling Revelation, I'll just end with this. Yet, of, yet the most insignificant person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the time of John the Baptist began preaching and baptizing until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcibly advancing and violent people take it by force. It's, a, it's an act of violence against our selfishness. And he said, for, for before John came, all the teachings of the scripture look forward to this present time. And verse 14, if you are willing, if you are willing to accept what I say, he is Elijah, the one the prophet said would come, and anyone who's willing to hear should listen and understand. Here, th- okay, we're going to close. We're going to close, yeah. The musicians are here. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to pray into some of that stuff. I'm going to have you pray, and then I'll pray. We'll both pray. Yeah. I want to pray for the turning of hearts of fathers and children. I would like it if you would consider praying for, I mean, what's, I, you can pray whatever's on your heart. I'm not telling Thanks. you to pray for specific. But there's, there's young men uh, and families Stephen's age that he has a, a certain uh, compassion in your heart for. Yeah. And, and these are kids that have had to leave their families and come to the big city. And they probably feel disconnected from their fathers or their families. Mm-hmm. And um, that sort of a thing, um, millennials. That that's, yeah, I'm going to pray into a couple of those things as well as um, I, I wanted, just wanted to quickly say as well. There's such a, a beautiful picture as that I'm taken by at the moment about God revealing Himself as as a Father. And there's people who you know our culture and our world doesn't give a great impression of fathers these days but the word of god gives such an honoring picture of fathers right that's the counterculture that we live in that we don't mock we don't scoff we don't um, ridicule fathers but the word of god clearly honors fathers but there's people here who haven't maybe had a great experience with their father i want to pray into that as well that the image of um of the father god and i love in deuteronomy chapter one moses is um have come out of Egypt and he's appointing leaders, he's appointing fathers really over the, the Israelites there that's going to go on and um, to go to the promised land and he appoints them and then he reminds them and the way that he reminds them of what's just taking place is uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, 29, it says, Then I said to you, do not be terrified, do not be afraid of them, of the Egyptians. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son. Awesome. All the way until you reach this place. I just love that picture. And where people in this place, we may have felt that our fathers haven't carried us in a certain way. We need to forgive. We need to um, remember the good things. But we need to get that picture that God, the Creator, Lord, the Father carries us like a father carries his son. And where we haven't been carried maybe by our biological father, I want to pray that we will remember and we'll feel the comfort knowing that our Father God is carrying us today. So we're going to pray into that. Why don't we have everybody stand up? There's a tremendous amount of uh, guilt and shame and regret that most fathers feel that we're not living up to what we could be and 
even sharing what I shared, I don't feel I live up to that as a spiritual father like I could. And so let's somehow lift the condemnation or any guilt or yeah. shame. Absolutely. We could. Let's just close our eyes and, and get ready to receive and, and pray here too. And if you're at home online, this is for you as well. You're included in this. Father God, we just come to you now knowing that you're a loving God and there's no condemnation. There's none of that in your presence, God. So anywhere where fathers would feel con, um, condemnation, where sons and daughters or anything that would take place, we just pray right now by the ho- power of your Holy Spirit that that would cease to exist, Lord. God, forgiveness would flow freely. You would take the weight off. I just see chains that have been put on fathers just breaking off here today by your Holy Spirit and that they would know that it's not about um, doing or working like Alexander spoke or or striving hard, but it's just simply being a son of you in this place or a daughter of you, fully loved, fully freed now. And Lord, I pray for those who are currently away from their biological father or even their spiritual fathers physically um, or they've moved away uh, in a different location Lord or just even they're feeling relationally that strain right now I thank you Lord God that there'd be a great returning of sons and daughters to their fathers relationally Lord I thank you God that you'd highlight and raise up people around young fathers to uh, that we can be mentored from, that we can look to, we can yes. be modeled to, Lord. We know they're all around us in this church and all around us in our lives, but I pray you would give young fathers um, and sons the eyes to see those around us who can be our spiritual fathers. And Lord, I pray and just thank you, you're releasing spiritual fathers, a heart for sons and daughters in this house, in, in men of all ages, all stages, whether they even have kids or not, doesn't matter. I thank you for spiritual fathers that you're identifying, you're calling today, and you're giving the faith to step up and put their hand up and be someone who passes on a legacy to the next generation. We thank you, Lord. Yes, yes if you're in the foyer or online right now, I want to pray for everybody who has a desire in their heart to allow that to turn, a willingness to turn. Father's Day, um, is there somebody that you can look to who has been like a father, figure to, willing to walk with you and pray for you and carry you? Or is there a biological father that's estranged? Lord, today, I know that the, the, the miracle is possible that father's hearts can turn. Father, I thank you today that this room is filled with sons and daughters that many times feel like orphans. Where do I take my question? Where do I take my pain? Who will listen and who will understand? But Lord, you've been training in the wilderness and in the caves. Lord, you've been training spiritual fathers to carry sons and daughters in their hearts. Father, today I declare that entire assignment of fatherlessness is broken today in Jesus' name. And today the hearts of fathers are being healed and called back to the Heavenly Father's heart and that they would receive those children, sons and daughters that you bring to them. And I bless the turning. I bless the turning of both fathers and children. I bless that turning today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. Happy Father's Day, everyone. I think we've got a a feast. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube.
If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.